Here I go again Same old bar, same old friends It's just my place for security And welcome back, everybody, to the Patrick Lally Show podcast, recording live for this podcast from the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, the best little city in America. We are at 123 West 10th Street, uh, just off the strip, as we like to say, between Phillips and Maine. Uh, The Full Circle Book Co-op is uh, wedged between the axe throwing joint and the uh, pinball joint, so you can't miss it uh, across from the Block 11 ramp. And uh, they are kind enough to let us uh, use this space each and every Tuesday to report, record the podcast right before uh, City Council Bingo, which I believe will be happening tonight because it's, is it the first, this is the first Monday of the year, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's the seventh. So this is the first, I'm sorry, Tuesday of the year. And uh, that's, you know, not a holiday. And I think the City Council meets tonight, so they'll be playing bingo here tonight. Come on down and play a little City Council bingo. It's the, uh, it's the most fun you can have for free, I tell you that much. And you get to learn about civic engagement and or, uh, you know, make fun of counselors, which is why I'm here. Um, that's a joke. Uh, I'm going to get to my guest in a minute, but I want to first thank uh, uh, our sponsors. We have a sponsor for this program. First of all, I want to say we have a new sponsor pretty soon. I, I don't I don't have the all the we don't have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed on the contract yet, but we do have a new sponsor, yeah, which we'll be getting into later. Uh, uh, probably not today, because like I say, I don't want to get into anything that's not completely hasn't been reviewed by legal counsel that sort of thing, um, and uh, I don't want to misstate uh, what 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 my sponsor uh, wants to say. So. Just I'll lay that out there. But we do have our, our first sponsor, our longest, well, really Full Circle Book Co-op is our first sponsor, your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe. Uh, uh, but uh, full, uh, what are they, North, Northview Bait and Tackle. Man, I messed that up. Northview Bait and Tackle, your home for live bait, dead tackle, propane, propane accessories, self-storage, high-end dog and cat food. That's Northview Bait and Tackle on North Kiwanis Avenue, just just south of, of Russell Avenue, Russell Street uh, by Elmwood Park. Stop in, say hi to Matt. I'm asking you people to do this for me, okay? And because I, I, he, uh, Matt Staub, the proprietor over there and, and uh, disgruntled former city commissioner uh, and, and sponsor of this program, uh, he needs to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Even, if you're, even if you don't need bait, if you don't need leeches, <laughs> you don't need any grubs or anything, uh, uh, you just stop in. Say, you know, you can get a candy bar, Coke, whatever, peanuts. He's got that sort of thing. And, uh, or if you need, like, a, a shaver sharpened, go to the AB Shaver Shop, also in North Bay Bait and Tackle. Say, stop and say, Matt, thanks for supporting the Patrick Lally Show. And then you'll be there for an hour talking politics with Matt Stop. And then, you know, what could be better than that? Uh, so we thank them. But uh, getting to my guest today, I am very happy to have this. this okay, let me, I'm going to back this up a little bit. This is basically a continuation of a conversation that I had on the New Year's Day uh, bike ride over at uh, uh, Spoken Sport, which was fabulous, by the way. We previewed that Mm -hmm. here on the program uh, not so long ago with Chad Picard. Um, Turned out to be a glorious day. Great fun. A little icy. But there were a lot of people there, um, and uh, we we had a good time. And when I got back... 
uh, to the bike shop, I run into Jason Mueller, who is Muller. Muller? You go Jason Muller, yeah. Haven't we had this conversation before? I'm not sure. I know. Here's the problem is that I always always want to call you Josh. I think I t- we talked about That's this. my son's name. I know it's your son's <laughs> name, but I want to call you Josh because of the famed USD basketball player, oh, yes. Josh, Josh Mueller. Mueller. Yeah, right. he's a great, great guy. Awesome player and uh, from the glory days of the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. But uh, you are Jason Muller. SDSU people, just by nature, just so you know. It's been talking, great talking to everybody. Yep. Uh, <laughs> see you next week. No, you went to SDSU? Or you? I didn't, but everybody in my family ah, did. Okay. My well, son, okay. my daughter, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, my wife, her mother, her great uncle. I mean, the entire family has bled blue. That's too bad. I, for some. <laughs> yeah, sort of a cursed existence. No, I understand. Um, well, thanks for coming anyway. Yeah. Uh, but you're here because, Jason, you are the, uh, the care pastor yes. at Ransom Church. Mm-hmm. And that's your job. Yes, it is. But you are uh, also, and, and the reason you're here, and we're going we're gonna to backtrack here in a minute, but you're here because we're going to talk about meth. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to talk about the state campaign, and we're going to talk about, but before we do that, you should probably tell people uh, what in the heck, since you're a pastor, I'm going to say heck, <laughs> what in the heck a care pastor is. Well, I, I appreciate you asking. It's uh, a care pastor for us, and, and other churches use this now kind of the more modern lingo. It's the person who takes care of things within the church. You know, you have a compassion director, and we have a great one. She takes care of things outside the church, like missionaries, um, benevolence, those things. Angel Metzger, by the way, she does an incredible job for us. Hello, um, Angel. Big shout yeah, out. Yeah, well, she deserves it. Okay, uh, she takes care of, like, Safe Families program and, and makes sure that people who are struggling um, with a place to have their kids while they may need to do recovery, mm-hmm. may need to go to the hospital for a surgery, and they don't have any family support, mm-hmm that the church can come in and she's uh, directly uh, part of that program to help that go. So for me, uh, being a uh, care pastor, when people have uh, a loss in their family, a good friend of mine passed away this week and and uh, not on my honor to serve their family as their pastor for the funeral, uh, but he was one of my friends, one of the people I got to minister to for the last couple of years and and I remember his, his face on Christmas Eve. He was just having a great time serving and smiling, and that's the last memory I'm going to have hmm. of him. So It's interesting. So, uh, But you do much of this. You talk about things in the church. You're sure. not sweeping up. No. Yo, but no. you, uh, uh, I see you. You're, you're a, a cyclist, mm-hmm. a bike rider like me, and I that's am. where we met. Yes, it is, and a good friendship has evolved yeah, from It's that. great. And... And I see you all the time out on the bike because you do all your work, pretty much. You, you, you ride your bike all, everywhere, mm-hmm. all the time, in your work. Why is that? Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, in this last year, part of what changed for my position was I became the recovery pastor. Um, you know, part of that, you can easily say, was a calling that God was calling us into doing this and and a lot of great things happened in this process. So we have a recovery ministry. 
And the reality is a lot of the people that I uh, get to visit with who are struggling with meth addiction or alcohol addiction and a lot of the other problems all needed help and the Ransom Church cares about the people that need help. Mm -hmm. So for those who are coming to us, uh, it launched this entire ministry and I'll get into the bicycling part of this because we're very active at the jail and uh, so a lot of people will be saying, oh, when I get out of jail, can I get a ride? And I'm like, I don't know if you heard, but <laughs> I ride a bicycle every day. You can get on the handlebars, but if you, get a, if you can walk to church or get a ride, I'll see, if, I'll see that you can get a ride home. Yeah. That's kind of our thing. But you're not coming with me. But you're not coming with me. And, uh, and, and they, of course, they laugh and they giggle. And sometimes, especially being in the jail, no matter where it is, uh, whether it's in this state, in this county, um, some laughter, some uh, just general frivolity without wounding people mm -hmm. is kind of a needed thing. Yeah, it's they're desperately hungry for it, especially in jail. Yeah, yeah, especially in the jail. Um, and so uh, I see you all over, and you know I follow you on Strava, so I see all the miles you put in, um, and it's kind of I don't you know, it's not a novelty. I don't mean to say that, but it's kind of your thing. Right, yeah, a little bit. People know you, even if they don't really know you. You're you're the you're like the bike pastor. Uh, yeah, that's actually become a thing. So I get to work with what I like to refer to as our transitional community. Yeah, uh, I think homeless is somewhat degrading just because you don't have uh, a standard home to live in, mm -hmm. or you are staying at uh, the mission or Bishop Dudley. I think transitional is much more appropriate. That you're trying to go from one lifestyle to another. And my, so I get to see a lot of people on mm -hmm. the bike. It's probably the, one of the best things I ever learned about bicycle riding. I'll throw a little shout out for Razdek. You know, when we ride, ride across, ride across South, South, Dakota, South Dakota, yeah. Dakota, you know, when we do that, we go so slow, six, eight, nine miles an hour on average. And you have to slow down and see the state the way it is. Mm -hmm. See the beauty that we have in this state. Uh, I grew up on the East Coast, so everything was rush, 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 get it done, be successful, make a name for yourself. And, and I lived that lifestyle for a long time until God got a hold of me and I left my job and moved on into becoming a minister. But I see people now like I haven't seen before. I, I see where they're at. I see the pain that they're struggling with. And, and I guess that's part of being the care pastors that you need to see people. Yeah. Do, how long have you been doing it? So it's my seventh year, uh, six years as a pastor ordained. Um, but my going on, coming up on my eighth year with the church. With Ransom? Yeah, with Ransom. So uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but that's, that's why I have a podcast. Um, is that, you, how, I mean, everybody burns out. Compassion fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that at all? Do some days you just go, I can't do it today. Well, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting you bring this up because it's the question my senior pastor asked me today. It's like, you know, what's, where are you at? And, and I was prepared and honest with him. So when my friend passed away this week, somebody that I loved and ministered to, um, I, I was drained. I was really drained after meeting with the uh, family, talking to him, making preparations. And when I get emotionally drained, sometimes I need a nap. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm getting old fat, but yeah. I needed a nap. In that, um, 
Uh, yeah, I, and, I, and I'll answer to you the same way I answer to the senior pastor. If I don't spend time in God's word, that's when I get drained. If I don't spend time with him, separate of uh, doing Sunday worship, it drains me uh, personally, emotionally, and I can tell. So you need to be in the work to stay in the word. I have to stay in the word in order to do the work. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to steal how you phrase that just so I can use that again. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for that, Pat. No problem. Anytime. Just give me credit. No, I just just did. In this case, don't. Um, The... uh, uh, but how many miles do you put on a year now? Well, uh, barring a recent accident. Oh, you had it. That's right. You went uh, down. I went down. Uh, we pastor had, down. Pastor down. Global <laughs> fat bike day. And in fact, I, uh, it's funny. One of the guys in front of me fell. I've ridden over 20,000 miles without injury up until this year. And wow. I had two falls. But the last one, uh, a friend fell in front of me. I couldn't avoid it. I fell. I got the worst of it and broke my collarbone. Oof. And I heard you're not a real cyclist until you break your collarbone. Yeah, that's right. But my good friend Mike Bauer said, no, you're really not in the club until you both break both. both. <laughs> and he has. And he has. Times. And he has. And uh, so uh, it, it, it's kept me off the bike for a little, almost four weeks. And um, Well, you're riding you today. Know, yeah, but I, I, I have... I, uh, somebody told me something that was really interesting. He says, you know, how are you doing with your PBS? And I'm like, what's PBS? He goes, park bike syndrome. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually funny. Not really, but it's funny. I mean, like, you know, I, uh, and then I realized, you know, the number one cause of injury for old men is acting yeah. like a young man. <laughs> yeah, well, but you know, that's how you stay young, right? This, this, this fit. is true. You're a fit man. Uh, compared to where I was 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. really? Um, yeah, I have two I've packs been... a day. Oh, really? Drank, uh, worked, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. What, yeah. what, what uh, was your occupation before pastoring? A regional sales manager for a great company in town, A&B Business. Oh, wow. So, yeah. How long did you do that? 15 years, a little wow. over 15 years. Wow. So that's hard driving sales job, right? Yeah. It <laughs> did and uh, yeah, there'd be some people like he's a what? <laughs> so, and so you were you weighed a bit more than you do now. Yeah, I was pushing at one time probably two seventy five. Really? Yeah, that's up there. I at one point was pro- was over two twenty five. Yeah, and uh, began that same yeah. journey. Only I wasn't smoking. Yeah, well, smoking. I actually put on weight after. <laughs> that happened too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's interesting. Just a, a change in diet yep. has really been the predominant thing. But obviously, cycling and exercise is important. But you can't outrun your fork, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, I, the, the other word um, when I people talk about third tangent um, is to talk about uh, you know changing your diet and people want to go on all kinds of fads and everything. But you can't. You can't supplement a bad diet. Mm-mm. You know, it all starts with what you eat, not what, what you supplement it with. Oh, you totally agree. Totally vitamins agree. and everyone want in your body. Yeah. It's not going to help. Uh, I, I have, because I'm a diabetic, which kind of got me started going down this path, mm-hmm. I've uh, actually learned that I need to eat keto, even though that may be for some a, a fad. Yep. It has literally got me off of insulin. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and... Uh, 
and it's interesting the journey I've been on how changing how I eat and learning from certain people has led me even to uh, you know bringing this back around to talk uh, about recovery interesting and the nice work there wait a wait a wait a real this conversation back to the center that's a good job um, I, but I want to ask you one question sure. about ransom a yeah. little bit because I don't know I mean I just know that there's I know you right and I know that there's an old carpet warehouse down here that is now a church called Ransom. Mm. Um, downtown on Main, right? Yeah, yeah. 700 North Main. Um, first of all, what's the deal with the name? I don't know. What is that? Ransom Church? I mean, you're like keeping people for ransom? That sounds like a pretty extreme tithe. Well, it, 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 you know... I love the fact that you get, give me the opportunity to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, when you said about the softball pitch and knocking mm-hmm. it apart? Well, uh, if you look at the word ransom, it's a noun and a verb, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and we believe that Jesus Christ was a ransom for many. It's mentioned in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But it's also an act where somebody pays your ransom that you can't do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that goes directly back to our relationship with Jesus. Mine specifically, like he paid a ransom for me that I can never repay him back for. Mm-hmm. So, so how old is the church? The church just celebrated its 10th anniversary. Okay. And I've been there since the beginning, but they brought me on. Uh, at first I was a volunteer minister. Uh, for a couple of years, and then I completed school and, and actually became a pastor at the church. So is it like affiliated with any sort of denomination? We are. We're, we're, we're Wesleyan. Yeah. Which Celebrate also is Celebrates Wesleyan. Wesleyan okay. um, Linwood Wesleyan Got in it. town here. Got it. Uh, but the reality is uh, uh, being a Wesleyan is really not very much important for the attenders. Um, I know I didn't say that very well, but it's... Attenders don't care about what denomination you are. Right. The only reason why I care that we're part of a denomination is that I have, as a pastor, accountability that we're handling the funds right, we're, mm. we're taking care of people right, we're, we're going in one direction with the focus because we're very active as a church planting church. Um, Two churches have launched out. Yeah, I was going to say you yeah. have to explain church planting, which yeah, is like basically sprouting, new sprouting, churches. yeah, sprouting out new churches and, and kind of being obedient to uh, that first century. Where are your Christians. other churches? Well, uh, we have them throughout the whole, uh, you know, South Dakota, uh, but Boise and oh, really? And uh, and Des Moines, Iowa. Really? Yeah. And then there are others that are coming and people that are getting ready. So we are a training school for people that want to go out and plant churches, and we're helping them in that process. Got it. Got so it. we call that our Awaken program. Um, but as you say, most people don't, probably a lot of the people who come to church don't even know. No. Because, I, you know, I, I've driven by there mm-hmm. on a Sunday, um, and, I, you know, this is not, and I'm not, this is not denigrating anybody, but... This, this is not, you know, Central Baptist here. You know what I mean? This is a different crowd, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, explain that. I mean, you, it's come. I hear this all the time. A come as you are church, right? Yeah. What, what does that mean? Um, I don't. I don't. I think for us that, uh, especially being in a uh, transitional neighborhood downtown, we have multiple campuses. We have four: uh, one on the west side one on the south side, and then one in Rock Rapids. That's kind of a new deal for us. But uh, being downtown, there's a very large transitional community, and we just love people where they're at. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of our, our mantras is to set captives free. 
uh, so that they can worship free of inhibition, serve free of self, and live free of sin, and, and what that looks like in their life. Which, so now we've sort of set the stage for you for this conversation, this broader conversation, uh, about how you end up uh, with a shirt, a t-shirt, um, and that is, that is a play off of the state campaign, meth, we're on it, that everybody mm -hmm. knows now and has mocked incessantly. Um, and so I run into you on New Year's Day, and you said, hey, I want to show you my shirt. What do you think of this shirt? And it says, I'm gonna, I don't want to mess it up, but recovery, we're praying for it. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, why would you, and when I first saw it, like, you know, I, I, I think of it as uh, the latest in the long line of turns of a phrase, right? Mm -hmm. Um, most of those turns of a phrase are not meant to be complimentary. Right. Right. Um, and the campaign in general has been, you know, taking a lot of heat. Um, why did you come up with that recovery? We're praying for it. What does that mean? It, it literally means recovery. We're praying for it. I, I, I was so excited when we had that conversation on New Year's Day because... I mean, I, I love you and care for you, Pat. Oh, I think thanks. you're an incredible um, uh, asset to our community. Oh, man. And I, I, I'm just glad that you're here doing what you're doing. Well, and thanks, even Jason. giving me this opportunity, for me, is a big honor. Um, and, and the reason why I put together the T-shirt is I, I see what people are doing and saying. And, and uh, I, I want everybody to know I'm very apolitical. I don't like Democrats or Republicans mm -hmm. other than to love them through their struggles. You're a pretty <laughs> conservative guy, though. Just, I, I, I probably lean that. a little more conservatively, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't want to paint you as some knee-jerk nope, liberal. Nope. I'm, but I, 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 wouldn't fall, I, want, I don't want to fall into anybody's yeah. camp. Um, I do uh, not only respect and admire our, our governor. I know she's got a prayerful heart. And, uh, but it came down to me, looking at all these people making fun of this campaign, and I even heard her say something on the uh, interview one time that, well, we're getting attention. Mm -hmm. and, and, and she's right. It's bringing an incredible amount of attention, attention, but my hope is, like, what's the next step? And, you know, and I want to be the guy asking the next question. What's the next step that we should do? And obviously, being a pastor and being a, a leader, I, I have to go to God and say, we need to pray about this. Now, I know that people pray about it, but I think this is a, something that Democrats and Republicans, conservative and liberal, all can come together because the truth is we have a problem with meth in this state. Well, we have a problem with drugs, Part of this problem is, and I don't want to go off on this, I'm going to let you finish, mm -hmm. but to say we have a problem in this state, whatever it is, we have a problem in this state with, we have a problem in this state with, those are artificial borders. Broadly, addiction is a problem for everybody. It doesn't matter what state you live in. It doesn't matter who you are. That's a sure. problem for us as a society collectively. Mm -hmm. Correct? I, I, I agree. But putting it in the prep because, yeah. because these things get issued by state government, Yada yada yada. We talk about it as being a problem in our state. Sure, we're no different from anybody else. And and, and yes, I may be taking advantage of the the whole campaign in itself and and doing this play off of it. But it's so true. If we as a state do not come together to bring attention to the problem, because I don't think the meth campaign 
is for those who are struggling in meth addiction or, you know, let's just say any addiction. No, doesn't matter, you, right? you don't watch a TV commercial and say, I need to get help. Yeah, right. Uh, the people that are, are, are getting wounded by those who are struggling with that addiction, the family members, the friends, the, the people that have uh, been stolen from, I mean, the, the, all the issues that come along with it. They're not the people we're trying to help understand that there's a problem. We're trying to get people who live in, uh, in a, you know, maybe a, a glass house that's perfect and everything looks pretty outside and they don't see. Or choose not to see. Well, because they're going too fast. I mean, to bring back in the bike analogy. Yeah, right. We're, they're, they're going too fast and they're not seeing the pain that's coming out of it. They're not seeing the woundedness. I mean, you know, one of the things I just would be willing to be on record about is I don't think we're handling um, meth addiction uh, in the state very well. I mean, putting people in prison for ingestion is not a solution. Just to, and if some people don't know, we have a it's a felony in the state of South Dakota to ingest drugs. If you are yes. found with drugs in your system, that is a felony. That is. Mm-hmm. Highly unusual. I think we may be only one of three states. I, I, my number sure. could be wrong. It's not a lot. Yeah. And it ends up putting people in prison, or at least in the county, with a fel- and coming out with a felony record. Right. And, and that causes all kinds of problems for as far as where you can live and, mm-hmm. and the kind of housing that's available to you. And uh, those people who are willing to rent to you, they're going to charge you more. They're, they're going to arbitrarily throw you out if you do anything wrong. I mean, it, it's not a good situation to be in. And, and sometimes you can't even find safe housing mm-hmm. because of your felony convictions. And let alone a job. Yeah. Oh, well, right now, and I'll, uh, and right now the, because Sioux Falls is doing so well economically, mm-hmm. there are a lot of low-paying, low-income jobs that you can get that you can make just enough money if you work 60, 70 hours a week to scrape together enough for rent and have a little bit of life. But again, it leads you down this path that there's not much else. It's still hard, and that's it's why hard. the box matters, right? right? Checking mm-hmm. the box. Um, and so you would like the state to get rid of that, I, I, the felony at, ingestion. At, at minimum, decriminalize it because... Uh, you know, these, these policies come from Nixon, right? If I'm oh, if kind old. of running, they're yeah. old. And, and they're failed policies. They've never worked. Uh, the way we've ra- waged war, I mean, you and I grew up in that as mm-hmm. children, that we're going to mm-hmm. wage war on, on drugs. drugs and crime and da-da-da. The only people I believe that want drugs e- kept illegal are the cartels and the people that profit from other people's misery. Hmm. There's, That's interesting. There's, because, I mean, uh, uh, the state, law enforcement, you know, you and I, we don't see any benefit in doing this. No, we just pay the money. Right. I mean, we pay to keep prisons. And, and, and it's a losing battle. I mean, uh, people are going to do what they're going to do, and, and the problems that are associated with any sort of addiction... Nobody, nobody was uh, come out of the womb saying, "Hey, I want to be an addict when I get older, and I can't <laughs> wait to do this and wreck my right. life." I mean, nobody thinks that. way. And the thing is, is some of the things that happen because of addiction, right? right. I'm not, I'm not excusing it. Okay? No, no, not at all. 
but a lot of the crimes that happen associated with the addiction are misdemeanors. Yes. And it ends up being the felony ingestion that is the problem. I totally agree. Um, now, there are serious crimes that happen as a result of addiction, mm -hmm. and those are going to be prosecuted Correct. justly. But at its core is the addiction. Yeah. So this is, was my question for you at the time, essentially, was are you, you like the meth campaign or you don't like the meth campaign? I, I actually do because it's brought an awareness that we haven't, uh, we haven't talked about it in a long time. Um, I, I want to take a little side note if it's okay. Cause on this show, yeah. no side, no tangent, uh, no tangent. Rule. The, I, so I am in support of the campaign and I'd like to know what the next steps are because mm -hmm. as the, you know, as the care pastor, um, also referred to as the recovery pastor, right? This is what I, you know, it's the thing I care about. Mm -hmm. It's the, the people that I love, you know, why I love recovery people. People who are in recovery are actually honest about their feelings and the trauma they've experienced. And I'd rather hang out with them than some the folks who are not being honest about their problems. Mm. That's interesting. You know. So what do you see? I mean, t you work with people that are in recovery, people who are addicts, people who have going back and forth. What do you see every day? Um, what I see is uh, a system. I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever got a, got a good solution, but <laughs> what I, I see is that those people who are caught up in the system, right, and they'll go to the 24-7 program, and I, I think that, that program does a lot of good mm -hmm. because uh, uh, you and I have friends who have gone to that, mm -hmm. and the moment they stop having to report to that 24-7 Within days, weeks, or months, they they fall off the wagon, and terrible things happen. But they can't go to twenty four seven forever. So what's the bridge? Well, I I think that when we're spending all of our money prosecuting and putting people into uh, into prison, right? And mm -hmm. prison's not cheap. I mean, we mm -hmm. just did a huge expansion. Uh, and, Thirty million dollars or something. Yeah, and that expansion is going to actually get paid for by other counties. Like they all have the same problems. Right. It's just that we it, can afford to build. Well, it's the a facility. regional jail. Yeah, it's a regional. It, is. Jail. it really has been. Yeah. So we're paying for the backside of it, yeah. but you work with people in recovery, mm -hmm. and what is missing in that equation in terms of I get out of jail, or even people who don't go to jail. Right. I mean, not everybody you deal with is in the criminal justice system. Some of them just want to get off drugs. Sure. Off sure. meth in particular. Sure. What is it? What do those people need other than, you know, a, a, uh, a kind heart to listen well, from I, their care pastor to get. Uh, you're never out of recovery, but to get to a place where they can operate. Um, without trauma, I guess you're always you're always going to be dealing with something, but I, without the trauma, without re regression. Sure, I, I, it's community, right? The opposite of addiction is not sobriety; it's community. And and again, going back to the campaign, the campaign is bringing awareness so that we can get more community involved. Because I I, I mean I love South Dakota. I didn't grow up here, but I've lived here for over 32 years. 
and I love the people here. And once the problem has been made aware of, and yes, maybe we've taken some rough ribbing and, you know, and, and maybe uh, people have been poking at us. I get it. But what I do believe is going to happen is that there'll be next steps that come out of this so that we can all work on this problem because it is going to take the entire state. I mean, it's going to take a change of hearts and minds in the sense that, uh, you know, are we going to continue to lock up people for ingestion when it doesn't work and we could spend that money on in other ways to help them? I mean, one of the things I've learned about addiction and, and a lot of things is that, uh, is that there are brains of trauma out there and these brains can't help themselves. Uh, we're, we're having a class next week, um, Brains of Trauma, from healing to recovery and how people can get there. And it's an uh, eight-hour class, uh, starts on the 14th and ends on the 15th, two half days. Uh, Dr. Annette Bosworth is going to teach the class. I learned so much about what people are struggling with, the traumas that they've gone through. Uh, you know, people innocently smoke marijuana and think that it's okay for them, but when you take a CAT scan of their brain, you see the brain trauma that they've gone through. Uh, when people struggle with depression or diabetes or any of these different things, Alzheimer's, you see the brain trauma. So until a community understands how to come alongside them and love them where they're at, what else are we going to do? I mean, and, and there is only so much money in the pot, right? Right. I, I hope I'm not rambling. I mean, no, I'm just like, I like... I like where you're going with that. And that, but what leads me to my question, my next question, and the sort of the crux of my issue is that, and I said this to you, I think it's hypocritical. I think it's hypocritical to the state of South Dakota to come out, to pay $2 million to some Minneapolis ad agency to come up with this campaign to raise awareness when they're never willing to do anything on the backside. And I think that they turn to you because you're committed, you're willing to sacrifice to help other people. But you, you, only, you can only help so many people. Every church in this community can only help so many people. And there's a whole swath of the world out there that ain't coming into your church, Jason. I, I, and and I that's that. where I start to have a problem, where I feel like the state government is sloughing this off on, on private entities, whether that's, whether that's churches or nonprofit treatment centers. I mean, what? we don't have any treatment beds. Yeah. Well, I... Where's, at some point, they have to... The state of South Dakota actually has to pay some money to either... And I know you... What, I said they need to help you, and like, we don't want their help. But they have to pay some money to create some sort of community or lack, whatever it sure. is. To, otherwise, it's just an ad campaign. I'm with you, but yep. here's, here's, here's where we would both agree. They're spending money. They're just spending it in the wrong venue. So, so on prisons. We, right, on, on, on incarceration. So let's go back to when Nixon started this whole thing, right? This idea of incarcerating people and putting them, you know, putting them out of sight, out of mind, somehow is going to fix all of our problems, and it never proved to be true. I read a report about Portugal where they decriminalized all drugs, all drugs are decriminalized. Mm -hmm. They took all the money they were spending in law enforcement, which wasn't near what we probably spend, oh. right? And I don't right. even know what the numbers are. I'm just saying it probably right. wasn't even a touch compared to what we spend. And 
put it into giving people opportunity to get sober, to to uh, get the kind of treatment and the kind of help they need. And this is this isn't a problem. I I mean. I think the campaign got started and there was a desire on the state's part, and I don't know this for a fact, but I, I just believe this to be true, that they know there's a problem and there isn't a good solution based on the constraints that we're all tied down to. Like, we're tied down to the the, the, fed, the state regulation that says that we have to incarcerate for ingestion. Yep. Right? Change so, it. I, I agree. I agree. But, but if you go talk to any of and this is where things got crazy. When you go talk to any of those chuckleheads who show up in pier for eight weeks, starting now-ish, mm-hmm. and they will say, no, we can't allow people to take drugs. They don't even think, you can't even have this conversation with them because it's drugs, right? right? right. And so if you take a drug, you're going to jail. Well, that's insane. It, I, I agree. Right, but we have the same thing in the church, and 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 just Whoa, finding common ground. Yep, people will get high, and they say, "I can't come to church because God doesn't love me right now. I'm sinner, and I failed." And they and they're living with this level of shame that they shouldn't, they should not be living with. I mean, we're not keeping them out of the building because they use drugs. Right. I believe that the church has to take a stance that says that the law is unjust. Right? Yes, and we are a church of justice. I mean, our our Safe Families program is a justice program. Our missionary programs are justice based programs. You know, I mean, one of the things the Wesleyan Church stands against is sex trafficking of any type, mm-hmm. men, women, children. It's a justice issue. This is a justice issue that we are incarcerating men and women who can't help themselves. Right, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, even spiritually, can't help themselves because that that pull from the meth is so great. In fact, uh, we all know that alcohol is still the number one killer. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it kills more people every year than any of the other drugs combined. And yet, what's scary about meth is it takes five to seven years of freedom from meth to get your brain to start to heal. And that's a long time. That is a long road to hold. And, and if you can't, if you don't have community around you to do that, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to get caught back up in that cycle. And I, I think that the work that you do and, and a lot of people do in addiction recovery is amazing. I think that the state's slogan is a lie. They're not on it. They're not on it. Okay. I, I, they're throwing people in jail. If that's being on it, then they're on it. Well, would you would you agree that they inherited a system that we all, you, myself, all the all the uh, elected officials of this state have to really make a concerted mm-hmm. effort to start changing? That's I mean, why I think that's you where need, we come. I think you need ground. to march on pier. You need to have that justice march on pier. And and I told you, you need to go lobby. You need to tell this story to every legislator you can find because those people are chuckleheads. They need to be, and all they hear is. Lock them up. Hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a felony ingestion law. I, I agree. Um, so you're going to go once, lobby. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, well, wait a second. Jason you actually, Mueller, Didn't lobbyist. you say you were going to give me a bunch of names so I know yeah, I did. to go talk to I did. We're going to okay. get you some names. Um, Beware, legislators. Jason Mueller's coming to I, your I house. I love the bike analogy, and I'm going to use it again, Pat, so thanks for this dialogue because... Yeah. 
we need to slow down to see people right where they're at. Okay, it's it's it's. Uh, I was with a grown man last night, bawling, because because of his addictions and what he's struggling with, bawling because he's become a man he doesn't recognize. He doesn't want to be this person anymore, but he doesn't know how to get out of it. I mean, that's why Ransom Recovery, it, it's a little bit different. I mean, there's Celebrate Recovery, mm -hmm. Central Baptist does a great recovery program, um, Faith Temple does a great uh, uh, program, and, and so does uh, Sioux Falls First. I want to, I, if I, forgive me if I forgot anybody's name. But we are a little bit different because what we say is that we're helping people to recover from pain, whether that's from depression, codependency, grief, anger, or addiction. Because it's never just one of those. No. It's, it's multiple combinations of those same issues. But wouldn't you agree that if the churches could solve the problem, the problem would have been solved? People have to want it still. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be addiction. There, I don't mean you're going to yeah, wipe out There's always going to have to be addiction, and people do have to want it. Um, I know this couple, and uh, I love to tell their story. They've come and told their story at the church, but they were both on meth. And it's uh, four years going on five for, for both of them. But he walked out of prison because we were there doing a worship service and started coming to the church and, he, and I know what he said to himself. I, I don't want to be this guy anymore. And he allowed us to love on him. So when he was still, in, in fact, he was so serious about it, he went and returned himself in because he had an outstanding warrant and he had to do a year of work release. But he got himself right. And in, that main time, in, that, in the same time, she was pregnant. And we got to love on her and care for her and... Um, to watch them to come together, to watch them to get a child back from social services, to see their lives change, it's all worth it. I wish everybody would want that, but the truth is, mm -hmm. they don't. Yeah. So I think you're right. We need to have this justice conversation that says, is this right, just, and fair to lock people up, to hide them away when it still leaks? You know, it still leaks out. People are still going to use, they are still going to commit crimes, they're still going to do those things because they have no better solution. Hmm. Jason Mueller, he is the care pastor at the Ransom Church uh, and a friend of mine, and you'll see him out and about on his fat bike talking on the phone because he's always on the phone and he's always on the bike and he's always going to try and help somebody and uh, you can't fault that. But Jason, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate it. Uh, I just want to say thank you to the Full Circle Book Co-op, your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe at 123 West 10th Street. How long have we been going? Oh, that's not that bad. No. We could go longer. Do you want to go longer? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Let me just plug my sponsor, Northview Bait and Tackle. Uh, your home for uh, live bait, dead tackle, propane, propane accessories, self-storage, uh, and high-end dog and cat food. That's Northview Bait and Tackle on North Qantas Avenue, just south of Russell Street. And, uh, and, and of course, next week, I hope to announce my new sponsor. My additional This show is starting to really catch on. It's really, in terms of, it's becoming an economic engine for the city of Sioux Falls. 
I'm just I'm just hopeful that you'll give me the link so I can go share it and well, have of course all I my will. friends listen. Oh, I'm going to. You, you've got a substantial social media network, don't you? You got to get the church to share this, man. Tap in because this is big. <laughs> we need the traffic. Okay. Let's let's get a boost. Let's get a faith well, boost. I, uh, you know, we didn't Thank talk you, about Jesus. Wait, wait, we didn't talk about the shirt. We, we oh, can you buy the shirt? You can buy the shirt. It says re, it's a state it says, of South Dakota. State of South Dakota says recovery. We're praying for it. Yeah. Do you have it on? I do. Okay. We'll take a picture. All right. I'll post it on my Facebook page and various places. And uh, we literally write off. I mean, I've never had anything go viral on my end because I'm just not that smart of a guy. <laughs> Uh, 400 over 400 likes, uh, 25 plus shares. I think in my small little on the world, t-shirt on the t-shirt itself. I mean, when I when I put something up, my grandkids that that's good for about 150 to 200 likes right out the <laughs> bat. As long as my grandchildren or my wife or my little dog are in it. But if I'm in it, it doesn't get that kind of publicity. <laughs> right off the ledge. Uh, I, I I was really. Uh, impressed and excited about how many people in our state really do care about recovery, about this idea that we need to pray, because ultimately I do believe that that's the solution. That is the healing that can come with all of this. Well, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I just, I, I'm going to continually think that the faith community can only, can serve people. That's what mm-hmm. you do. You do it very well. But you can't serve everybody. And at some point, a public entity charged with preserve, you know, doing its best to make life better in the state of South Dakota sure. is going to have to do something other than an ad campaign. All right. And I'm well, not seeing I'm, it. I'm going to offer a little That's debate. Why he, yeah. I want to offer a little debate. And, and you, don't have to, you don't have to air this. Right, but uh, the church is responsible for hospitals and schools. Yep. Um, for but not every hospital and not every school. No, no, we don't have to be. But we helped people see the need and the, and the desire to get it. And it moved from there. The, slavery existed in this country at one time. Mm-hmm. The church stood in, in the gap and said, no, this isn't right. The abolitionist movement, yeah, absolutely. Amen. It's, it's right. faith-based. There's no question right. about it. And, and it. and it changed our world. I mean, it started over in England. I mean, you know, yep. I hate to say this, but in England, yep. the movement there cost nobody their lives, per se. Right. They were able they to change it in 35 years. Because it wasn't, it wasn't underpinning an entire economic system in the Correct. South. Um, but, but which also led saying? to Jim Crow. And I mean, you know, the, the thing is that ultimately government does have to right wrongs. And without the federal government... Segregation would have been allowed to continue. Where in Mississippi, they had white schools and sharecropper schools that sometimes didn't even meet. And they were spending $200 a kid on white kid and $5 on black kids. And the only thing that changed that was government. Well... I, I would actually, I would debate, I'd be willing to debate. Faith, it, it, they're it, obviously faith the communities. The church yep. cl- cried justice for all, right? And not yep. that the church has always been perfect and not no, every, no, no, no. every church but it has took, been right. But, but it took the federal government to go in with troops and force sure. the, the dominant society to change to what is clearly a more moral position. Right. But I would argue there were men of faith 
pushing those sure. buttons and demanding that justice and putting a lot of political pressure on there. And and so we're, political is, pressure to be sure. Oh yeah, without question, right? But right. but nothing changes. I mean, you know, you talk about uh, Witherspoon and and uh, John Wesley and and what they went through in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, Witherspoon every year would be out there pushing for uh, anti-slavery and to get rid of slavery in England. Then got they outlawed it you know, mm-hmm. internationally. Again, every good thing that's happened is because men in the church, and I'm not claiming any one church, or but good men stood in the gap for justice and demanded something to be changed. See, and, the, and this is a, another point that, that you and I talk about. So ultimately, when it comes down to, to it, the common do, denominator between you and I, a, you being a care pastor involved every day, me being a fallen away Catholic, but the, the, the common denominator between us both is always humanism, right? And I will stand by the much maligned banner of secular humanism till the day I die. Because ultimately the result is the same. If you're not a humanist, whether you are of faith or not of faith, you can't get to that moral righteousness. You do not have to be a person of faith to know that segregation is wrong. You do not have to be a person of faith to know that addiction is bad. You do not have to be a person of faith to understand that it takes community, all of us, to make us all better. Pat, I'd argue that you're the, uh, you're not the norm. Most of the secular world, most of the secular world has allowed this injustice, right, for, for drugs and drug addiction to go on for a very long time. And if it's not men like yourself who are willing to stand in the gap and claim, because I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not a humanist, right? Because I believe in uh, God and Jesus Christ, right? I'm not a humanist, but I am standing in the gap just like you for justice. And that's a different sort of person. The secular world doesn't really care because if you're not picking yourself up by your bootstraps, you I, have to believe no. that you have to believe that the secular world can achieve good. Because if you don't, Wait. then there is then, then the notion of of a, a self governing society is lost. Well, the I, notion of a personal can we liberty, save that for a different show? Yeah, because that's a whole other conversation, that's right, man. I mean, like I I love you, but that is like there's that's a teaser. That's our teaser. That's our teaser for the next time. conversation, right? Because <laughs> because there's more. There is way more to that. I mean, you know, because then you're going to debate uh, good and evil, and and I'm more than willing to debate good and evil with you, but we live in an evil world where people are murdering other people so mm-hmm. that they can get money and they're using drugs, prostitution, they're uh, r- raping and pillaging men, women, and children mm-hmm. to get what they want. That- yeah, absolutely, and has been that way. And this is, that is the fundamental struggle, right? Right. Of, of order versus chaos. Right. You know, and man, that, that's gonna be a good show. I can't <laughs> wait for that show. You people should come back for that show. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Jason, thank you. On that note, we are going to end. Okay. Okay? Thanks. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, And uh, we'll be back here next week, I think, on Tuesday, right before City Council Bingo. City Council Bingo is firing up here in in moments. The crowd's pouring in for City Council Bingo. (laughs) And and I'm off to go to recovery group right now. You are on your way to recovery? We have recovery at 6.30, Tuesday nights. Ransom Church. Mm -hmm. If people have interest in Ransom Church, you show up down on North Main, 700 North Main. Yeah. 
If you uh, if you're if you're an old school Sioux Falls person, it was the big red carpet market. Uh, I, right? I don't know what Isn't that. Is that the big I, red I, carpet no, market? No, it's uh, Crescent next, Electric. Crescent oh, it's, it's the next building. door to the <laughs> big yeah. red carpet market. And uh, and before that was the International Harvester Service Building. So it's been around since like 1938. So we're into taking old things yep. and making, making it them new. new. <laughs> Just like you. Uh, so anyway, uh, everybody, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Right. Uh, special thanks, by the way, to Rich Show, who allows us the, the great and powerful Rich Show, soon to be inducted into the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, you get to hear a little bit of his lovely music going out. We'll see you next time, everybody.
Just like that in the love is gone. 